Hello and good morning to all you Finn Maniacs out there. Jason Sarney here with my co-host Brandon Longori. How you doing, Brandon? Happy Friday, Jason. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing great. Looking forward to this upcoming Sunday versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you remember when these two teams battled last year under Brian Flores' first season, it was a December home game. And both teams were actually fighting for the possibly you can say the top two draft spots in this past April's draft. Well, now here we are a year later, the Dolphins fighting for a possible playoff spot, whether that be the AFC wild card, the one of the two slots, or an AFC East division champ, uh, championship. So I'm looking forward to this upcoming Sunday. It's a great setup there, and it was a great moment last year at that game. I actually, and you know, a lot of people do know who listen consistently, I'm a Northeasterner, but I was actually down at Hard Rock Stadium for that game. Uh, I was actually with my dad, with my son, both of their first times there. Very special day for me. They got the W, which, as you referenced, wasn't necessarily the outcome that a lot of people walking into that stadium really were kind of hoping for. But with the scoreboard around the league and how things materialized, I think everybody's very happy with the way everything went down. And just to touch on last year's game, Brandon, if you don't remember, a lot of firsts for the Dolphins currently. Zach Seiler got his first sack. Miles Gaskin got his first touchdown. Mike Kosecki got his first – yep, Mike Kosecki got his first double touchdown game when he got two in the end zone against those Bengals. And uh, I believe Andrew Van Ginkle also got his first fumble recovery. So a lot of fun things that could be kind of built upon on not necessarily a rivalry with the Bengals, but uh, lo and behold, it's the second home game against them in as many years in a row. So how do you see the initial uh, – you know, 11 and a half point favorite Dolphins heading on into this game. 11 and a half point favorite Dolphins. I don't think, and we've, you and I have, have touched on it on a, on a, a previous show. I don't remember the Dolphins even being more than a nine point favorite at home, but then being an 11 and a half point favorite just shows how dominant this, this team's been since you could possibly say since week four, since week five, since that Seattle home loss, I think the Dolphins in general have been a different team both on the offensive and the defensive side of the, uh, of the football. Now, whether Tua Tonavailoa suits up Sunday, which the final injury report came out about 10 minutes ago, and he was listed as questionable for the second consecutive week dealing with a left, throwing, a left thumb injury, whether he suits up really doesn't concern me as much just because the, the opponent is obviously much weaker than uh, the, the Dolphins. Keep in mind that the Dolphins will not see Joe Burrow, who underwent successful knee surgery. I believe the, the, the Bengals came out with a report on that yesterday. So that's always great to hear. Hope he heals up as quick as possible because not, not only you, you and I, but I'm sure Dolphins fans across the world were looking forward to a Tua Tonavailoa versus Joe Burrow matchup. But we'll see Brandon Allen, who I believe he's making his fifth career start. He started last Sunday versus the, versus the New York Giants, turned over the ball twice. So this might be a possible, hey, if you have the Miami Dolphins defense starting on, your, uh, on your, your fantasy team type week, this might be, and I believe this is the first, this is week one of the 2020 uh, fantasy playoffs. So if you have the Miami Dolphins defense, you might want to start them because this might be a long day if you're cornerback Brandon Allen and a Cincinnati offensive line that really hasn't protected well. All of the numbers going into the game look extremely beneficial for the Dolphins before breaking down those numbers you made a good point yes after that Seattle loss at home which really could have been a win minus two or three plays that really were troublesome 
for the Dolphins, especially a long play with David Moore going on into the halftime break because that was pretty much a killer. But they've been 6-1 and one since that loss, and their defense has been, as you said, lights out. Currently, number one defense and third down defense, number two in scoring, and number three in the takeaway department. Now, on the other side of things, things really set up very well for Emmanuel Agua, Shaq Lawson, and the rest of that defense to kind of, as the Dolphins like to call them, the buffet boys, they're going to be eaten all day, literally, because the Bengals have allowed – 38 sacks, which is second to worst in the NFL. And as we all know, the Dolphins have done a very good job of getting to the quarterback, tied for 13th in the league with 25 sacks. So do you see this being a a no-brainer dominant game for the Dolphins defense? This I I hope that the that the Miami defense doesn't just overlook Cincinnati because you take a look at the schedule next week. Here comes Patrick Mahomes. Here comes Andy Reid, and here comes a dynamic, explosive Chiefs offense. Now I don't want to get too ahead of myself and looking forward to that game because I believe the Dolphins they have to take care of their business that's set in in front of them, which is a Cincinnati team that has struggled this season. Everybody, everyone knows that. But if if the Dolphins defense can just stay up to par and play a full 60-minute football game, I don't see why the Dolphins shouldn't come out on, on top here. I completely agree with you right there. And I do think that when it comes to what the Dolphins need to do defensively is not let a second-string quarterback do anything to hurt them. They need to sack Allen five times. They need to create turnovers. This is going to be a fun game to maybe see an interception taken back to the house. There should be a dominant performance. If there's not, I don't think it's going to be a crying home situation. Like the Jets game was not a dominant performance. It was a win. Wins are good. But against a Bengals team that does not have Joe Burrow, you really want to see one of those 28-6, 31-10 kind of domination performances. So offensively, you mentioned we don't know if two is going to play. I do think that Fitzpatrick will probably be the guy to get the start. It just makes the most sense. I'd probably rather rest Tua to get that Tua-Mahomes matchup. That's probably something that I think we really would be looking forward to more than if it was, you know, a Tua versus second quarterback on the Bengals situation. But I do think that Ryan Fitzpatrick gives them the best chance to win in two days. Or we're taping Friday, today, Saturday morning as we air. So tomorrow – I think that Fitzpatrick does give this current team the best chance to get a W. I mean, yeah, and, and if you again, if you if you throw it back to that December 2019 game versus Cincinnati last year at Hard Rock Stadium, Fitzpatrick threw the ball 52 times, had four touchdown passes, and threw for over 400 yards. So if it was if I was head coach Brian Flores and I had to make a decision as to who's going to start, I say give give Tua an extra week to rest because again, you have a Chiefs offense that's coming in. I believe. They play on Sunday night against the versus the Denver Broncos at home. That should be an easy win for them. So they'll walk into Hard Rock Stadium, I believe, either 11-1 or 12-1. And, and that's unbelievably impressive. We've seen what, what Patrick Mahomes – and he's very familiar with Hard Rock Stadium because it's a stadium where he won his first Super Bowl championship this past February. So I really don't think – if Tua doesn't start, I mean – and I, I, I know Dolph, Dolphins Twitter will absolutely explode on Sunday morning when – if, if Tua is, is unable to go. But I believe it's kind of a smarter move to start, Ryan, to start the veteran because, again, this, this Cincinnati Bengals defense and secondary hasn't been – it hasn't been the worst in the league, but it hasn't been great. So you give Tua an extra week to rest, and 
We'll see how ev- how everything else plays out. But you you take a look at those stats. Fitzpatrick thrown for over 400 yards last year, four touchdowns, and fit 52 balls. I mean, it's obvious that Devontae Parker, uh, even Matt Collins, Jakeem Grant, even uh, Mike Kosicki, these guys can get open and, and have big yardage plays. And you said it, the defense for the Bengals, secondary, uh, you know, specifically, the 22nd ranked passing defense in the league. They give up an average of 253.7 yards per game. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, that math really should be in one of those 300 realm passing games. It would be fantastic, Brandon, to not have to see him pass 30 plus times to get some sort of a running game. But, you know, as that Friday injury report tells us, DeAndre Washington's not going to go. Matt Breida, as you mentioned, is on the COVID list. So you're looking at Patrick Laird, Miles Gaskin, uh, maybe even people that we don't, don't expect, right. Malcolm Perry or Ryan Fitzpatrick on a couple of runs. But this will be an interesting situation to see if the Dolphins can get you know, a one or two possession lead in the fourth quarter if they're going to start to run this clock out. Do they have someone who can get two or three first down via the run? Do you see that happening, or do you think this is really all on the passing game? I honestly think it depends on it depends on how Sunday plays out. If the Dolphins jump out to a quick fourteen nothing lead, whether those two touchdowns were throwing were either Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing touchdowns or rushing touchdowns, I believe if the Dolphins have a comfortable lead early, they'll 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 stick to the running game because it obviously kills the uh, the clock more. But if the Dolphins and Bengals are in a are in a a, a net to net battle. I mean, I guess you're going to have to say it's probably going to come down between a Brandon Allen versus Ryan – if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts, a Brandon Allen versus Ryan Fitzpatrick battle. And that, as you just said that, Brandon, is 2020 in and of itself, talking about a Week 13 game, one of them being a playoff game with the number one and number five drafted team from last year. Not a playoff game, a playoff contending team. But – This is going to be an interesting week. It really should be a week where I don't care who that quarterback is. This is a better overall team. As mentioned before, it's got to be a multiple possession victory. And hopefully it's one of those victories. And these are rare in Miami Dolphin fan land where it's the third quarter and people are just sitting back and enjoying the game and just having fun with it. It's happened before, but it really should happen a little bit more as the Dolphins as a franchise in the last two decades – kind of tend to play down to the opponent. Sometimes they play up to the opponent, you know, but you can't play down to the opponent. you got to take care of business at home against subpar competition. Is there anything else on your mind going into this game or overall for the Dolphins as we stand now? This is an overall big game because, number one, the calendar now flips to uh, December, and the Dolphins right now have three consecutive home games. We mentioned the Bengals this Sunday. Then you have the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you welcome in Cam Newton and, and, and the uh, New England Patriots. So this is a key stretch. This is a Dolphins team that, if you remember back in, I believe, in 2013 or 2014, the Dolphins, I believe, had to win one out of the possible three or four remaining games in December, and the Dolphins absolutely choked. I believe it was Ryan Tannehill under center, Lamar Miller, the running back, and Joe, Joe Philbin, I believe, was the head coach. And Miami's just overall December uh, record-wise was just awful, and the team ended up missing the, uh, the, the playoffs. So if you want to secure a playoff spot, whether, like I said, whether it be an AFC wildcard berth, which there's two slots available now that there's seven teams that can make it in each conference, or we're looking at a possible Dolphins team who still have one game left against the Buffalo Bills. That's in week 17. The Dolphins, they have they, – every, every single game from here on out is definitely important. And I believe the, 
the schedule makers added a primetime game a day after after Christmas against Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. So that would be very interesting to see. The Dolphins, I believe, they've been on primetime one time this year. It was a Thursday night against Jacksonville, and we saw how dominant the, the Dolphins looked there. But I'm just excited to see what the team can do this Sunday and then moving on to face the reigning defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs. This is the best – Heading into December period as Dolphin fans, I could remember for a very long time, every game is important. They, they yeah. I don't believe it's a control your own destiny situation just, just yet. No. But, but, you know, once they can get there, if they get there, I think it might happen after this week with that hopeful Bengals win. So my prediction that I'm going to kind of stick with here, and you've kind of alluded to it, you know, that last game, Against the Buffalo Bills, I do think that the winner will get that division title, and the loser could even be the seventh or out. So that game is going to be a playoff game. Week 17 in Buffalo will be a playoff game, I believe, one way or the other, maybe even one of those uh, situations where they play each other the next week. So we shall see. It's going to be a very fun couple of weeks. So for everyone out there, we appreciate you listening and reading over on Fin Maniacs. For Brandon Lagori, this is Jason Sarney. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good one, everybody. Fin's up.